right. Happy Monday, Monday. You can trust that day. <clears throat> I don't know if you can trust Mother Nature. She changes her mind a lot. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, we live in southwestern Ontario. That's where we live, right? Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 593. Yep. Keep going around here. Thanks to all of you for watching. And you might have noticed a little bit of change in format here on the show, <clears throat> just to give you an update. So I like doing these one-to-one -one interviews with people in our community and not always just talking about what they do, but we talk about them, right? One-on-one -on -one and kind of intimate conversations. And um, I hope you're enjoying those. So I, I've changed that up for a reason. There's some more things coming down the pipeline in the future. Um that's all I'll tell you for now. You know me, I'm always teasing you with something, right? But I'm really uh, en enjoying them. So <clears throat> what's going to happen is I'll keep doing these one-to-one -one interviews. And then as far as the local and the organizational things that I talk about here, like Rebound and United Way and all that, we'll still have them, but we'll just have separate videos for that for you to enjoy. So uh, you're going to see a lot more content showing up. Um, regularly on the show with David Burrow's page. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see that there as well. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please take a moment and subscribe to the channel and, you know, click that little bell icon so you get notified. If you're watching here on Facebook, um, just like and share, share, share. Share buttons, the most important button of everything out there so we can share the messages of the people that I talk to. All right, we're going to get into it in just a moment, but I do want to give a shout out to Sarnia Sings. Happy to be a part of that again. Tickets went on sale a couple of weeks ago and they're already flying out like hotcakes. And uh, there's still some left, but we want to get this sold out. It's always sold out in the past, so it likely will. April 20th is the date. Um, about 18 singers going to be showing up from very young to older. <laughs> All ages going to be in this. And of course, uh, this is supporting uh, mental health awareness and suicide prevention here in our community, all put on by our friend Adam Dumont. So just go to imperialtheater.net to get those uh, tickets. I will give a mention as well to the uh, Sarnia Sting. Of course, Sarnia Sting, seven wins in a row now. This has been an amazing team and quite a journey from the start to where we are now. They had a lot of struggles in the beginning, but they've clinched a playoff position and they're still looking very, very strong. They won six to three on Friday over the Sioux. And then I guess they like six to three this past Sunday, six to three over the Kitchener Rangers. So next game coming up on Wednesday, we'll be there live from the concourse as well. And now my friend Connor Burke will be joining me um, for my co-host. Yes, my co-host for Wednesday. So look out for that. We're going to have a lot of fun there. And of course, before we get started, always got to say thank you to my supporters here. Blue Water Power, a group of companies coming on board to support us here. Thank you, Blue Water Power. Joe's Discount Tire, you know, the, the seasons keep changing around here. Make sure you got the right tires on. And, of course, 11 and a half years from our friend Guy at AG Event Graphics. Visit them online at askguy.ca. So please go online and visit all of our sponsors so you know what they're about and maybe you can support them locally as well. All right. Well, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for all of the interviews I've been doing, but I, I, I really, um, this is a busy guy we're going to be talking to here, and he was able to give me some of his time. Adam Kilner, who is known for being a minister in the community and, of course, uh, a new uh, council member here in Sarnia, but he does a lot of different things, and we paid him a visit, and this is what turned out. We had a really great one-on-one -on -one conversation, some laughs. And we talk a little bit of serious stuff too, but well, here it is. Take a look. Here's Adam Kilner. Uh, it's nice to, uh, I, I know I've been saying it every week, folks, but it's really true. I just love really getting out one-on-one -on -one and having these conversations with people in our community. Today, we're at Dunlop United Church with our friend Adam Kilner. Thanks for being here, Adam. Thank you. Well, actually, thanks Dunlop for- Dunlop Central. Or Dunlop Central. What did I say? United. Yes, Central. And um, this is a nice space that we're sitting in. It's pretty welcoming actually when I came in the door there was a gentleman out there and you could hear the ladies in the kitchen chatting away it's mm -hmm. very welcoming to come yep. in here in a nice lobby there and I didn't even know they were going to be here yeah so. there you go right <laughs> let's uh boy we've got a lot to talk about with you here Adam you've done so much uh to this point in your life and uh but let's let's take people back to how you first got to Sarnia and what brought you here 
I was adopted here. Yeah. I was fostered, uh, born in Windsor, fostered in, uh, fostered by a lady named Irma Vinson, who fostered something like 250 plus kids in Windsor, Detroit. I was the last infant that she fostered oh, wow. in the 80s. And uh, um, back in the day, adoption was a lot different than it is today. Oh, uh -huh, so. And uh, um, so after my parents had a number of kids, um, I think they were on the, the, the Santa's nice list. Right. <laughs> so they just kept getting more and more every time they said, oh yeah, we'll take some more in. So like literally the day that um, uh, Children's Aid in Windsor had me ready to go, they called up my dad who worked at St. Clair School and oh, we got this kid. Called him in the morning, he goes up to the uh, principal. I think it was, it may have been Ruth Illman, the, the principal oh, wow. that a lot of people know. And he, he just said, uh, yeah, I gotta leave. And he went to Windsor with mom and um, that kind of was history. And yeah. then I was here. I, I would have been about 20 <clears throat> months old when that happened. So the lady wow. who fostered me, went, um, Irma, uh, she was married to two ministers. The second one was Reverend Adam Vincent. And at that time, my name was actually Jimmy. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so when they adopted me here, Judge Kent, I think it was, can't remember his first name, but uh, they renamed me Adam mm -hmm. after Reverend Adam Vinson. Oh, okay. And uh, so I do look back at becoming a minister and thinking, huh, I don't think I would have expected that growing up. Right, right, right. And, and, and a lot of people knew your dad, right, you know, and, and uh, uh, tell everybody who it is. Yeah, Earl, uh, unfortunately, he, he passed uh, last August, yeah. but uh, he taught at St. Clair for about 35, 36 years. Taught my and sister, taught me, uh, had a lot to do with a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was there for eons. <laughs> he was also at uh, Northern and Skits, I think, at, but uh, just for like one year since right. in the early 60s. Right. Um, like I went, dad ended up with dementia and he was very forthright about it, really helped us talk about it because we've got a big family and yeah, yeah. sometimes you go to the super, like I, I had times going to the super, uh, the superstore and, oh, I heard this about your dad. And sometimes I'd be there like, oh, I, I haven't even heard that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to learn a lot while you're walking around and yep. talking to people. Yeah. What was that, uh, what was that like growing up in, in your home with uh, the family? It was, uh, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things like we were, we were a family in the eighties who was like composting. We were, dad was, you know, it was a one family income, um, which I'm not even sure you could do today with that oh, many kids. No. Just given. I don't know how they did it then to be honest. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> and you know, he would, we had a dryer, but he would regularly throughout all times of the year, he would hang our clothes out to dry, winter, summer, spring, fall. Um, and uh, he had a coupon wallet that was double the size <laughs> of his regular wallet back when, when physical coupons right. were a thing. And so it was just, you know, we took class trips in the 80s from Lake Road School, which was, you know, you could walk in five minutes to, yep. uh, to our backyard where we, um, uh, just so people could see, oh, they've got five compost heaps and they, the kids rotate them around. And it's not that we love doing it. It was because it's, you know, what kid likes to do work around <laughs> right. the house, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> but I look back and, and I just think, oh yeah, like all of these kinds of environmental things that I was involved in, they were just out of necessity for keeping costs low in our house and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So it was just, uh, I don't know, I don't know anything other than that, yeah, right. I mean, but I just, the one thing I do know is that <clears throat> mostly everybody else I know, friends, family, and so on, did not have my experience growing up. Yeah, wow, what a neat experience yeah. too. Kind of ahead of everything in a sense of, uh, well, like you say, back in the 80s, no, who composted, right? Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. That's cool. Well, now you're, uh, something I learned about you recently that I really didn't know until I started creeping your Facebook page uh, <laughs> to get ready for today is you're a musician as well. Yeah, I put, out a, I put out an album in 2020, a yeah. solo album, yeah. and then joined a rock band called Rocky Rivers and Company with uh, Rodney Medwid and Tim Anderson. Oh, is that right? and, Oh, wow. And uh, who else is in there? Um, oh, Chris Molyneux. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Great guy. Um, yeah, there's a number of us. I'm sure I'm 
you know, having a brain yeah, that's okay. stop that's because, okay. uh, but yeah, we, and we just started in uh, last May and, yeah. and uh, our first gig was opening for the Trues. Yeah, how cool <laughs> is that, right? You were uh, tinkling the ivories uh, here uh, just before we got started. Some Elton John, you're a big fan of Elton John, are you? Or was that Oh just yeah, my, yeah, my teenage years were <clears throat> sitting in my brother's basement over on Rosedale Ave, <laughs> listening to his wife's, uh, she had this big collection of, it was called Elton John to be continued. Oh. And it was just basically every, you know, every major song he had, which had to be at least a hundred. At least. Um, uh, <clears throat> up until I think the early to mid nineties. Yeah. Um, Cause even some of his stuff like, um, you know, I believe in love, it's all we got. That was on there as well. Right. Um, but it was before he put out Candle in the Wind and like the new version of Candle right. in the Wind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's actually how I learned how to play the piano. I got kicked out of uh, piano lessons as a kid because I was <laughs> a, an ADHD kid, obnoxious, lots of energy. And yeah. the uh, teacher at that point was probably well up in her 70s. And so she kept teaching my sisters. Uh, I got kicked out, but I joined <laughs> uh, 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 rock bands when I was about 18, 19 years old as yeah. the singer and had been taught by like... Blake Stevenson and uh, David Nichols wow. and David Parks over at Northern learned a lot of theory and after that I thought oh I should learn an instrument so I went <laughs> I had played the clarinet and saxophone up until that point but knowing the theory it just got me the ability to learn how to create chords on a piano and then learn how to play by ear yeah have you written some of your own music yeah so I sold at the bookkeeper an album uh, in 2020, yeah, it was oh yeah, called uh, Freedom Tapestry, and the painting is almost, uh, the album cover is almost better than the actual record. It was uh, <laughs> painted by Elise uh, uh, McDonald, and uh, 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 just, um, I actually have the original sitting in my office just down the hall okay. of uh, the album cover, but yeah, we did, we uh, released that in 2020, and um it was just absolutely fun already you know we've already gotten a whole bunch of songs written for another one right so we're working on that where did you record it at uh with adam minor here in yeah in sarnia he was over on cromwell at the time uh, well actually we were it was while he was moving from that studio he had yeah. uh, right beside where vick's corner deli is yeah yeah on Christina uh, Street. and then he moved just down the street on cromwell to a house so we were kind of at both places at one point and now he's in a different location um but uh, he's a, a master at his craft though he is he is he yeah. is he used to he spent a lot of time uh going to different bars playing i don't think he's done that in a few yeah. a few years but yeah. but yeah very talented man very talented yes yeah, you're lucky to have him uh, help you with that uh you, you look back to uh you know your family life when you were younger and then, you know, getting into music and getting kicked out of piano lessons. I think that's funny. Who gets kicked out of piano <laughs> lessons, right? You get kicked out of school. But um, and, and, and to now we're sitting here today um, with a multitude of things that you do, uh, obviously here at, at the church, but um, and now in politics. And I, I, I've been watching from afar, you know, before you became a city councillor. And I'm like, oh, okay, and kind of uh, monitoring where is this guy going to go kind of thing? You know what I mean? And monitoring yeah, yeah, yeah. in a positive yeah, yeah. way. Yeah, like yeah. I was very, in, you, you have a really intriguing uh, personality. Like you attract, uh, I was very, <laughs> I was attracted to you and your personality and the way you approach things, I, I find. Um, my question though is, did you, when did you really decide, I want to get in politics? Because wow, that's a, that's a rocky world. <laughs> <laughs> like, who wants to do that? I don't know. So that is a really great question because the a the answer really is is not that I was seeking out politics. It yeah. was more of uh, I knocked on doors for Kathy Alexander's provincial campaign. Oh, yeah, what yeah. year was that? Twenty eighteen, I yeah, think. I remember that. And um, I was not a critical part of that campaign. Like, I was I was there, kind of on the periphery, knocking on doors, mm. and. Uh, you know, I knocked on doors around uh, the city of Sarnia uh, out in Corona and, and had a lot of really interesting conversations. But mm -hmm. um, 
six, seven, eight months later, I get a call from the, uh, or a message from the president and vice president of, of uh, the local NDP riding association right. for coffee. I go, and I'm, I'm completely oblivious to what, I just thought, oh, we're gonna go in this and talk about how do we improve their chances and so on and so right. forth. And it, you know, just before we're leaving, oh, you know, we, we actually gathered you for coffee because we think you should run in the, in the next uh, federal election. And I'm sitting there like, huh? Do me? What? Right. And you know, you better give me a few weeks to, so I, you know, to, to, to think about this. I tried to push it off for about six, seven weeks, something like that. And, and uh, I just kept thinking, this is not a good idea professionally. This is bad. <laughs> um, what am I getting you know, to? we all know how politics can be. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, we see a lot of the, the divisiveness that goes on. Mm. And mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, after five or six weeks, I think it was early May uh, of 2019, um, I ran into the president <clears throat> over at Refined Fool downtown. Yep. And I think it was in a, a moment of weakness or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't well, know. okay. Well, that's no. an honest answer. <laughs> no, she, like I just said, yep, I'll do it. I'll do it. And, uh, and we ran and we ran based on um, just tr trying to rebuild our volunteer base. We ran trying to have a positive campaign. We ran um, uh, knowing what our odds were. We didn't go in that um, without any form of, right. of, of, well, you know. Um, so I'm uh, like, that just kind of started the process. Next thing you know, everybody seems to know who you are right and you don't always know who everybody else is well, i hear you <laughs> and and then it was just from there it, it just got to that point of after running once thinking well once you're in it it's kind of in your blood is it yeah, yeah. i think so what, what do you think it was and, and i'm sure maybe they must have told you what like you must have said like why me what was the reason for like it's one thing for a person i think to wake up and go I'm deciding I want to get involved in politics. I'm going to run for whatever. But when somebody comes to you and says, we'd really like you, what was it they told you they, like, what did they see in you that they wanted? Well, they liked my passion. They liked that I, they think I'm friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the other side yet. <laughs> yeah, they, and, and I, I think they knew that I wasn't, quite well known at that point, but they, mm. they, they did go in with believing that you can build on that. Right. And, uh, and obviously with the, with the municipal election that, that uh, seems to have been proven in some way, shape or form. Right. Um, so <clears throat> um, this was, was definitely not a journey I ever expected to be yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, I was always interested in politics, but I was never you weren't running. For I anything. wasn't ever expecting to <laughs> yeah. put myself out there. Yeah. Um, so it, it certainly has been a, a, a strange journey, but kind of once you get into it, it was it, it just ended up being like thinking about my colleague Sherry DeNovo in Toronto. I, I lived in her riding. She was the minister over at uh, Emmanuel Howard Park United Church, which is now called Roncesvalles United Church. But she just kept talking about um, the stuff that she was doing in the church and you know, how be becoming an MPP was a bigger platform to um, invite the public into stuff that she was already trying to accomplish. Right, and right. Uh, the way John <clears throat> Wesley would put it, the founder of Methodism, he was an Anglican priest, but the way he put it was, the whole world is my parish. Um, Interesting. And so in, in some ways, that's a, that's a reference to, um, I care for all the people connected to this church, whether you're a member or not, like there's all sorts of groups, uh, Cub Scouts, guides, right. Tai Chi, and so on and so forth. Anything that has happened around here in terms of some of the um, homophobic uh, materials we've had posted on the doors, um, those are moments where I have to reflect and say, okay, this person is doing this in direct response to something I've done. But anybody who uses this building, I now have to do that other reflection of, um, 
I still have to care for anybody accessing this building, and that's right. a liability issue, right? right? And 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 so you <clears throat> do kind of have to go through um, what effect your your work is having on the public, what it's having on people who are here, mm -hmm. and and kind of how you move forward. Mm -hmm. And I've been so lucky in this congregation for them to just say, no, you just keep doing you. Cool. Um, uh, they have supported it in every way, shape, or form, including when it's cost them lots of money to you know um, uh, they did end up putting security cameras around the building because of some of these um, uh, some of these incidents I guess I should call them yeah. and and uh, um, you know uh, twelve thousand dollars and how recent was these these uh, actions they would have been in the 2021 federal election so yeah, yeah. so uh, but like we're also <clears throat> lucky that we've got neighbors who aren't necessarily part of the church who keep an eye on what's going on mm -hmm. around here. But they're so part of the neighborhood, right? Yeah. They are part of the neighborhood and they have great respect for us. So a lady across the street, when some of these things got posted, she goes out, walks the dog and, oh, this this doesn't look like it should be here. So she sends me an email and as soon as I get it, I come here and, nice. oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. So I just <laughs> called the police, Yeah, you know? Do you think, uh, uh, well, we're, or I guess we're talking politics a little bit here. Um, would you agree that we've really become very are we are we a divided community you know what i don't like you go on social media that's we all we all believe that and and that's because um one of the things that's changed my mind on a lot of this is is taking a course on on uh uh emotional intelligence mm -hmm. and <laughs> I was just reading a book about it. Yeah, it's about about the language we use. <clears throat> it's really incredible. Yeah. Everybody should honestly look into that, in my opinion. On, on social media, everybody uses escalatory language mm -hmm. about the, the issues. And, and obviously, we all have strong reactions to whatever, whatever we read. Sure. But I just know I go into different spaces and talk to people who aren't, you know, don't see the world the way I do. And I, you know... People try to ask me hot button questions and all that kind of stuff, and it's I just keep sitting back there thinking, how do we have a conversation? Yeah, and because that's the most important thing. I need to be able to hear what you're trying to get across, but um, conversations are difficult. If you actually care about somebody else's perspective, Absolutely. you have to invest. Um, uh, there are ways of operating in the world where you can shut down other people mm -hmm. and say, I don't care about what you, you say, so, you know, go away. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things I think that's really peculiar about, like, democracy, for example, is it takes a lot of work. <laughs> well, effort, right? You know, yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's kind of like a marriage. Like, there's, there's always going to be... Uh, conflict and difference of how-tos, especially yeah. when children are involved. Yep. You know, like you were raised one way and your partner was raised the other way, yep. so now we argue and uh, we have to find those 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 grounds to meet at. Um, and and uh, you know, like sometimes uh, I forget who said it. I, I heard it not too long ago. So like you can have a conversation with somebody, but if they're not really willing to listen, you need to walk away. Yeah, it has to be a conversation. Yeah, and and. Uh, uh, I think that's probably like everybody's a journalist now, Adam. I think because they can go on on social media and type it out, right? And uh, you've probably heard too. Oh, that Facebook's a terrible thing. It's not Facebook that's the problem. It's the yeah. ones that are on the keyboard, right? You know, when yeah. I see people uh, swearing four-letter words, yeah, I'm like, it's one thing to have a conversation and something slip out, but you actually had five chances to not like. One, two, three, four letters, and then you had to hit the enter key. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the, I guess the mindset is what I'm talking about, right? How do we, how do we, are are we making any progress with getting along? Well, I think the bigger issue, um, uh, Dave, is really it's not so much social media; mm -hmm. it's social media plus pandemic, where we're all like a lot, I, of, color, I, a lot of true colors came out in people, right? True Colors came out, but it's also um, a piece about isolation. Mm -hmm. um, in ministry, we, we have had reports for <clears throat> decades on how United Church ministers have felt more and more isolated. 
when people are more isolated, they're less, like you and I interact over Facebook, mm -hmm. it's very different than you and I talking in person. Absolutely. You get a warm body um, across, you know, I see how you're reacting to things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to temper any controversial things yeah. or anything that I might think there's is no escalatory. There's no tone of voice yeah. on social media. Yeah, well, and there's there's also, like it's it's also impersonal yes. in the sense that I'm not getting your like your direct interaction. I don't know your tone of voice. I don't know what your facial expressions are. So that's why I I'll just like write. To play, I don't like to play poker online. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, like I honestly think the biggest thing, like being on a university board in the Toronto area, we've had administrators tell us like kids uh, coming into university this past fall, like you know coming up to administrators, well, we don't actually know how we're supposed to interact with you because we've never interacted with anybody for the last three years that weren't our parents or grandparents. And so I just think that the isolation likely has a huge impact on, Certainly. on kind of the limitations we're willing to put on ourselves mm -hmm. when we interact online. So I just think the, the antidote is don't lose our community spaces. We're having conversations right now about how do we use, like, what do we do with church spaces that are closing, you yeah. know, because we know religion is very different than it was even 10, 15 years ago, yeah. and, and especially like 40 years ago, it's dramatically are different. shrinking, right? But these ha have historically been public spaces, so can we transi transition them into something that will continue to um, uh, create gathering space for our wider community? I think those kinds of things like we see it at mods and the refined fool and stuff like you know local places that people can interact and stay connected to each yeah. other i think that's the big um that's probably the big antidote if there is any right um meet people online that that you've had a disagreement with on facebook yeah uh, uh, but that being said i mean the next generation coming you know like uh well, my son, for example, he's going to be 23. Uh, they date on the phone. They, yep. they, you know, and and I mean, and the pandemic forced us to live stream uh, everything. Right? It was I mean, weird. I, would, I was live streaming funerals in the pandemic, yep. you know, and and that generation kind of accepts it. Even like going to the bank, I don't want to. They don't. Some of they don't want to talk to anybody. They just want to go online and apply for their mortgage, and so. Is that's going to be a problem? Come oh, it's, or? it's, like, it, yeah, like it's, mean, it's, we opened Pandora's box in some way. <laughs> right. Um, it, it, it will never be able to, like, we'll never be able to close it. Yeah. Um, that will always have an impact, but I think it's also important to remember that, you know, um, we still have the opportunity to meet in person. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I know I immediately overnight transitioned from talking to an audience to talking to a wall. I, and, I taught online and, and, yeah. and, and there was no room noise. Yeah. You couldn't, couldn't hear the air conditioner or the yeah. heater or the fan or whatever. And it was, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be difficult for the students. And I'm someone who's online all the time doing yeah. that. And I was like, are you even there? Are you listening? <laughs> yeah, like, hello? Exactly. I wanted to come through the camera and go, hi. Yeah. Yeah. And it had its own emotional toll on us. Totally. Like, I know, uh, you know, I came into ministry to help actual like physical people <laughs> yeah and then you're in here talking to a wall trying to help people but it just felt so weird try to engage and chat yeah <laughs> yeah yeah difficult. and then like coming out of the pandemic i just feel like <clears throat> worn out by like i say to people oh yeah i like to post on social media but i don't i don't anymore really like really like responding to comments anymore it just feels emotionally taxing yeah um it's not it's, that i it's not that i'm against it it's just it like three years of this has just it takes time too like trust me i'm always on doing yeah. my thing and and i have to go i gotta go to linkedin and i gotta go to facebook and I'm, yeah. oh no i'm oh, what, oh crap i forgot twitter and i yeah yeah it's 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 work uh and i can certainly see where that would be exhausting especially you know like on what you're doing there you are you're, you're trying to help people save people however you want to uh, put it together um but you've been able to come through that and uh, uh, now you're your you're city councilor, and how's that going? 
that's good. Well, I said I wasn't going to trip you up or trick you, but I mean, really, that's that's. How's it going? Like, I should have expected that question. Well, you know, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's, uh, you know what? It's it's been, it's 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 like a workplace where, just everybody is. You know, everybody is who, who everybody is, yeah. and I've just found it really exciting and <clears throat> inspiring to be able to just um, call up any counselor and say, you know, this is what I'm reading, but I don't know if I necessarily understand it the way it's mm. supposed, to, w supposed to be under understood. I can talk to any one of those, and they'll pick up the phone, and we'll, we'll chat for eons nice. about, about what our options are for this or that uh, different issue. Um, the camaraderie has been outstanding, mm. and you know, it, it, like this goes back to the previous comment. Like, well, you shouldn't be able to get along with that person because you're. Well, I, you guys I, I kind of asked that for a reason. That's yeah. what I was saying. Like, talk about having to get along and work with others that you are definitely going to have difference of opinions on. Yeah, like it's it's just it's it's just again like uh, my mode of operation is always try to come from a place of empathy. Um, that doesn't mean you have to agree with anybody or anything. It just means that you're trying to do the work to hear somebody else's opinion, um, to, to understand their worldview. And when you can do that, and I don't think that that's a huge, huge task. Mm -hmm. I think it's just an, it's something, if, if you're really out to help people, you have to understand that not everybody who comes to the table sees the world the way you do. And if you don't, if you don't do mm -hmm. that work, um, what you're doing is is just encouraging, you know, people to to um, remain in conflict. I think um, because then you're like, if I don't spend my time listening to what your opinion is, Dave, um, like that's a fundamental primordial human piece, right? Yeah. Which is to be acknowledged. Hundred percent. And you know, we've got all <clears throat> sorts of people from all sorts of backgrounds and worldviews here in this church. And, and um, there are some, some places where we do have to agree. Like, how are we going to treat each other um, in this organization? Yeah. That's a fundamental thing that we kind of all have to be at least playing the same sport on. Yeah. Um, but on a variety of other, other items. Oh, what should we do with kids' programs? What should we... You're allowed to disagree to... You know, yeah, yeah, till til the cows come and home. We should you know? disagree. Yeah. Like honestly, like my yeah. favorite color. If everybody's color was favorite was blue, like yeah. what would that look like? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it like everything that I have seen in the last few months, like even our anti-racism discussion. Yeah. Um. You know, th there were there were a few phone calls. Well, what are you really trying to do at this? Mm. Actually, we're just here trying to create a structure for people. To tell us what's going on, what's going well for them in Sarnia, what challenges they face, mm -hmm. and and how we as a community can work together to make sure everybody kind of has access to the same playing field. Yeah. And it was a very <clears throat> inspiring event. Like like I, I said at the beginning, you know, my background is a minister, so we always start off with the blues, <laughs> then we we transition a little bit into jazz, and then we rise up into into gospel. Right. And yeah. and. Um, uh, you know, our point is always to empower people, like um, you know, and empowerment isn't about, you know, what I think people should be doing. Yeah. It's about equipping people to do what they want to do. They right? want yeah. to do. Yeah. And, you know, that's a little di different when you get into governance because <laughs> you're trying to do that, but you're also trying to empower from a team perspective. Yeah. So, I like how you said in there too, Adam, that, um, um, how we as a community, that word community, and, and, and that's an important word. I think a, a lot of people say it, but I, I'm not sure that they really understand what that means because it, I think a lot of times we go, uh, well, the government should do this. The government should do that. The government, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I always kind of go back to the JFK thing, ask not, right? You know, yeah. What you, um, and we can't put it all on our government. I think it's called government for a reason, but um, is is this community coming more together? Like after all the like the pandemic and everything, we were all really clearly divided on our beliefs, uh, you know, vax or not to vax, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. 
Are, are we growing in that direction? Are we headed in a positive way here in, in, in our community? I think so. I think, I, I think we are. I think there are people who have, um, like, you know, like there are people around who, um, uh, like the, the vax, anti-vax stuff yeah. um, <clears throat> was definitely at the forefront. For sure. Um, and I know for myself, I never said anything about any of that other than I went and worked in the clinics. Right. And, um, it, it, you know, we, we have to understand that, you know, in anything that we do, there's always going to be people who say, that's not for me. Um, it's not our job to... Um, it's not really our job to kind of micromanage what people do with their bodies. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Even 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 in the midst of, of of the pandemic, like I personally, like I'm a, a person who, you know, um, kind of went into that conversation saying like, okay, we should do everything that we can to promote this. Um, but obviously when you're promoting, you're, you know, there's always going to be people that say that's not for me. But coming out of the pandemic, I think that uh, we have a lot, of, a lot of people who are just hungry for connection. And um, this is everything, like all the conversations I've been involved in um, have especially revolved around the housing crisis, mm. um, but also yeah. uh, crises around losing public space. And I think those are critical uh, conversations because um, having a guaranteed roof over your head means you don't spend all of your time um, wondering where am I going to be tonight? Right. Uh, which itself, I'm pretty certain, has impacts on people's mental health. Definitely. Um, uh, as well as a variety of, of uh, you know, um, a, a variety of other social uh, concerns. Um, you know, I, I think public space um, is absolutely necessary because it keeps people um, interacting who wouldn't necessarily normally have that opportunity. Yeah. So, and we're seeing, uh, uh, well, you know, there's a couple of spaces downtown that I see popping up that are helping with that. And but I got like, it's certainly concerning. And if there's some people that don't like to say homelessness in Sarnia, I, I've lived here all my life, born and raised. Yeah. And I remember, you know, riding my bike around in the 80s when I was in high school and everything was just, it, it's like, it's Sarnia. Nothing yeah. happens in Sarnia. Boy, does it ever. And, you know, you drive around now and we see little tent cities popping yeah. up. Yeah. You know, there were some spaces down in the south end, like off Confed there, where it was happening. And, um, yeah, it's it's really out there. And it used to be, uh, we, maybe we didn't see it because uh, it was couch surfing for the yeah. young kids. Yeah. But now, uh, where did this where did this come from? Because it was pre-pandemic even, right? It was, I, I think we were, uh, it wasn't really, like, I really think, you know, there were a number of us already sounding alarms in 2019, for yeah. example. Yeah. Um, but even, even then, um, like, I know for myself, I wasn't expecting things to take the, 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 the critical and dynamic shift that it did in, yeah. especially in I think most didn't. the spring of 2021 because yeah. it went from like it almost overnight went from okay we know this is uh, uh, a problem and always has been and and things are not going to get necessarily better without some some policy and some access to mm -hmm. grants and shovels to get that ground working but or, or you know ground turned up for for building but uh, uh, like I just know, like it was uh, sometime in the spring of 2021, and I I just remember that because um, I bought the townhouse I was living in. Oh yeah. And and got a really <clears throat> great interest rate, and then the you know I just remember the day I signed the mortgage, I looked across the parking lot. I live in a townhouse. I look across the parking lot, and some place is going for tens of thousands of dollars more than I paid. And next thing I know, interest rates are going up. And <laughs> right. housing prices are, in some cases, even doubling. Yeah. Uh, and then next thing I know, I'm talking with with some friends in the legal community, friends who are concerned about our city, who are going around and finding all of these different encampments in different areas of our city. And 
Um, it, we've kind of been that way ever since. If you've listened to Miles Vanny talk um, <laughs> about the amount that the Inn of the Good Shepherd has spent, prior to the pandemic, it was something like $5,000 a month to help uh, feed people. Uh, now it's something like $25,000 a month. He, he, he taught me, I've interviewed him many times, and he always taught me, imagine a 20 by 40 swimming pool, and you have to fill that every month with food. <laughs> but now... You need two 20 by 40 swimming pools for that's a that's a lot of food. That's right? a lot of food, and that's just food. We're not even yeah. talking about um, <laughs> you know things like diapers and yep. tampons and, and yep. all that stuff. That stuff's really expensive, and now our food's going like it, I mean I mean you know prices. We could talk about that forever too, but I mean prices go up. They typically don't go down. Gas is never yep. going back to 50 cents a liter. That's right. Can of pops never going to be 50 cents again. So, I mean, we got a lot of catching up to do to, 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 to relax people, right? But uh, I think you're right. I think having these open spaces like churches or just like even like a mods or, a, uh, you know, like the Mitten Village area did a nice job in that uh, parking lot in yep. there. River yep. City Vineyard. Yep. Love River City Vineyard for what they've done, working so hard to raise money and, and, and take care of, of, of that there. But uh, And they're working hard to even expand. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, and they were ones uh, that really recognized it. Like they really saw this coming, didn't they? Oh, they, they did. And like, here's the, here's the thing. Um, we, need, we need both shelters and, and we need uh, medium or high density housing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, like I, 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 I am pretty certain that um, uh, some of these larger homes uh, are not going to be an adequate response to uh, the number of people that we're seeing uh, unhoused. <clears throat> and I do also know that, like I come across people from middle, middle incomes, people I grew up in, grew up with, oh, I'd love to move to Sarnia, I just can't afford it. I, um, <laughs> so and, how are you and, living in Toronto? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. It's, 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 you know, I think it's people who are trying to purchase a house yeah. rather than rent. But well, that's rent is so high in these other cities that you can't save money for a down payment um, even to move to Sarnia. And I think that's probably what yeah. the, the yeah. issue actually is. Um, you yeah. know, it took me a decade to, to save to, up some money. Uh, hey, I tell my son, I say, you, you can stay here for a while, but pack all your money away because you should. Yeah. And, and even then I go... Even if he put away this much, like, wow, he's going to have a hard time even buying a yep. house. Well, and, I looked at... And, and, and part of that, too, I think, Adam, is, is uh, um, inheritance. Yeah. A lot of people, and, and I've had conversations with, uh, I think it was Brooke Day that I interviewed not too mm -hmm. long ago, and he said, you know, uh, um, people are living longer, so we need... <laughs> my dad My dad used to say, and it's terrible, and he had, he had dementia, too, uh, and he said, you need me to die sooner because... It costs money, right? It costs money to keep us alive and all that stuff. And he's not wrong on paper. I mean, yeah. obviously, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done there for sure. Let's shift gears a little bit. Sure. I, I don't want to talk politics forever, uh, but uh, um, some really great points in there. But you're you're really involved in, uh, in inclusivity in the community, too, right? And that's uh, uh, interesting conversations, right? The I might get this wrong, LGBTQ plus, and I don't know what sure. it's at, but uh, um, have you had any pushback from that? Oh, there's always pushback about uh, about that in our yeah. in in this community. That's what some of the postings around yeah. the building have uh, have been about. Um, that's what you know. Some yeah. of the online quote unquote death threats have been about. Like I've had people, I've had a member of this community call up the headquarters of the United Church. Um, if if uh, if you don't do something about Reverend Adam, we town folk here in Sarnia will. And what? that went through the legal department there, and they called me up, um, and I was going through my dad's, uh, you know, wow. uh, uh, just a, uh, <clears throat> it was a near-death experience at that point, and, you know, the head personnel person at the United Church calls me up, and I'm sitting there like, oh, shit, what did I do? <laughs> right. <laughs> What did I do, um, or what did I do now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. but it's it's been it's been like the Sarnia police has been incredibly helpful mm -hmm. in in it, it, like just in exploring some of that stuff and and uh, um, also those 
motion detecting cameras you can buy off Amazon. They've yep. been, I, I, you know, when I didn't know who the people were, I had that pointing at my back door um, at my house. Um, uh, and, you know, like, uh, like for me, it's just people can do whatever people are going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fundamental freedom. It's not up to me to tell people how to li- yeah. live their lives. And, and uh, <laughs> while people will, well, that's, you know, drag queens. Oh, that's grooming children. No, that's somebody being an entertainer. And every drag queen that I know of, um, uh, you know, has a different act based on whether it's an, an adult or a, a child. Right. And go to the bookkeeper. All mm-hmm. you hear is... Um, all those children's songs we, you know, we, we, we all sang as children. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I can't even think of the one that they were just last singing. Um, and reading, you know, children's books that we likely have all read. Right. Um, yeah. And the children are just fascinated by a drag queen. You know, it, it uh, you know, I didn't really grow up with that, but, you know, I, you know, became exposed to a lot of stuff when, I was studying in Toronto. Like I, I graduated with the uh, uh, the first trans person to be ordained a minister in the mm. United Church. Like we were in almost every class together, and I remember going up to her one day and saying, "You know what? I have a confession. I feel like I've been staring at you all, all, um, all year." And she said, "Oh, I know." And it was at that <laughs> moment I finally realized, okay, this person ex- understands my experience. Right. being one of the relative, relatively few black people in a place like, like Sarnia, like this is the 80s and 90s I'm talking about, not, not now. There's plenty more folks sure. from all around sure. the world here now. Yeah. Um, but it, it just gave me a window. It was her self-reflecting back to me um, my own assumptions about what I thought the world was and my own judgments on you know, what I thought was normal and all that kind of stuff. So that led me back to, oh, okay. So, you know, like, I need a bigger worldview than I have. Mm-hmm. And, and like that, that began a huge, uh, just a huge transformation about what I think the world is yeah. and how we help people. Cause you know, that, that person is kind and loving and very passionate and um, a very, very good minister. Yeah, kind of goes back to what we kind of you said earlier in the conversation about other each other's opinions. It doesn't have to be mine. I need to understand yours, and, and you know. So that was uh, kind of a, a, an important moment for you, really. Yeah, it was. And there was another in- instance where I was with my dad. We went to the old Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto. Oh yeah. And we ran into my brother. I think it was like, oh, I don't even remember what year it was, but it was obviously before Maple Leaf Gardens closed. It must have been the last year or two of it. And we run into my brother after, and we were walking through the streets of Toronto. I couldn't have been more than 13, 14. And, and, um, and we come across uh, these drag queens. I'm walking behind my, my dad, and um, <laughs> I don't even remember what the one said to me, but like, I was just sitting there like, what the hell's going on? Right. You know, and my dad just turns and chuckles, and then we just keep walking to whatever bar or pub um, uh, that we were going to and I remember that not because anything happened but it was probably my first ever exposure yeah. um, so you know um, so I'm sure that also has played a role a little bit but um, you know I'm of the mindset like just let people be people and yes we do have to have some public decor around how we interact and how sure. we there has to be some structure and, yeah yeah but it, it doesn't, like, none of that structure needs to be constricting. Mm-hmm. Like, people are going to talk about whatever they're going to talk about. I don't get to control that. Right. Um, but people also have to realize that if I hear some stuff that I think is inappropriate, um, you know, part of, our, part of our freedom of, of expression is I can respond. Has, yeah, it has right? to be addressed, right? Yeah. Um, I want to, like, talk to you for, like, hours. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll probably have to do it again. But... Um, Okay, let's get a little more lighthearted now. Uh, sure. What's, what, when you're not playing music, what's Adam do for fun? Oh, I play squash. I used to instruct. Here's 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 something. So I used to before the pandemic, I would instruct little kids over at the riding club um, with a group of other adults, um, 
playing squash. Well, uh, two of these guys are about 17 now. So before the pandemic, <laughs> like before the first lockdown, they would have been, I don't know, 13, 14. Yeah, okay. They have doubled in size. <laughs> right. And about a month ago. <laughs> Overnight, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've never had a difficult time, um, you know, in playing them, beating them. Yeah. Well, this other guy, his name's also Adam, um, 17 years old, doubled in height since the start of the pandemic. We go out on a Monday night and he just utterly decimates me. So we, we play a best right. of five and it goes up to 11 points every, it's point a rally. And he beat me three nothing. How'd that feel? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll t tell you this, in December I turned 40. Right. And I was feeling every year. <laughs> the next day, yeah. But. I think that's when I called you actually and said, uh, "Hey, will you do the interview?" And you're like, "Yeah." You were, oh, you yes, were, it was. You were telling yeah. me, "I'm feeling it today, right?" You know, when's the student become well, the teacher, right? <laughs> well, that was, uh, yeah. You know, no, when I talked to you, it was uh, I think the day after I had played him again and I beat him three nothing. You were going but back. You were let me tell revenge. you, <laughs> after the very first game, so we're you know you're playing up to five games. After the very first game, I am. Uh, you know, I got the heavy breathing going on, gasping for air. And this kid is just like on the court. Oh, I'm just going to keep hitting until right. Adam comes back on the court. And, and to make it even yeah. worse, by the end of game three, um, after, I, after I won, somebody's like, oh, do you want to go on the, on the court and hit? And he says, uh, no, I got to go uh, into the other room to work out. <laughs> and you're like, I just had four workouts <laughs> in one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good goodness gracious. It's, but it's nice, like it's neat when you're... Uh, you're seeing the growth there, though, obviously. Yeah. yeah, so that's one thing. I love playing video games. What I, do you play? I am especially a huge fan of the game Skyrim. Um, oh, I haven't heard of that one. The Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim. Oh, okay. It's one of the best-selling games of all time, uh, up in the top 10 or 15. Oh, really? And uh, it's, uh, you're the... you. You're the dragonborn, oh and <laughs> uh, your job is to stop dragon attacks, but there's also a civil war going on in the little province oh. that you're in, and it's just open world, lots of exploration, lots of mountains that are... And, like, video games have come to the point right now where, um, like, if you look at games like Red Dead Redemption, yeah. made by, the, by Rockstar, the same company that makes Grand Theft Auto, that is one of the most visually stunning games you will ever find. It is... Um, uh, basically, it's about cowboys, yep. um, especially outlaw cowboys. But like you go out into the wilderness, um, the landscapes are unbelievable. When I yeah. play Skyrim, there's a place called uh, uh, the College of Winterhold. And it's just, it's on this kind of cliff, um, like 100, 500, 700 feet above, of, above uh, the sea. I've had times where I've had my character just jump off that. <laughs> and when you're like you get so involved in the game you feel that falling feeling if you yeah, know what i mean like right. it's the same one that you feel like when you dream about falling like right. it's a weird it's a weird yeah, thing yeah, yeah. yeah. love that game too and i play a lot of nhl um hockey oh okay do you do any virtual reality my son's really into that no but i've gone over to um district beta district beta yeah. and they've got it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's it's after a while though you start getting that weird kind of headache feeling dizzy spinning <laughs> but they have this one really cool game uh it's like a, a zombie game where you have to you know make sure the zombies don't kill you right and i remember the first time i played that like i was getting eaten and i just remember like physically trying to like stop them from eating me oh, yeah, like weird, it was just eh? it was yeah, yeah it's uh it's a strange strange thing cool. um what's next for adam kilner uh what is next for adam kilner um, well, we're going to, Rocky Rivers and us are going to keep, uh, uh, we're, we're just in the middle of starting to record our band stuff. Nice. Um, so that's definitely on the, uh, the horizon. Uh, what else is, um, uh, constantly working on, on, uh, this congregation and sit, like repositioning itself after the, the pandemic. Um, we have been probably one of the luckier churches in that. Um, do we still have people that aren't, aren't coming back out of the mm -hmm. pandemic? Probably, uh, but, but we are starting to see levels that are very reminiscent of 
of uh, pre-pandemic levels um, mm -hmm. in person. And then of course, you have additional people online. That's, that's another thing. I, like for me, the big thing around the church is like, I, I, I um, withheld vacation and, and uh, uh, sabbatical time. In the United Church, you get about a three month sabbatical every five years. So we put, we put that off because again, it's like, if, if you remember when Lloyd, uh, Ax, uh, Lloyd Robertson, sorry, not Axworthy, that's the politician, uh, Lloyd uh, Robertson and, and uh, Peter Mansbridge left uh, their, the shows they were running for a long time. Um, it was almost like <clears throat> everybody just, the public became disoriented yeah. because that familiar face wasn't there. So yeah. around here, it was always about, okay, we'll put that off. Um, everything in the world around us has changed. So it's important for stability, um, even if it's just, it's like movies we see, like the US president coming in right, when the yeah, apocalypse yeah. is happening. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's that familiar face telling people, here's what's going on. And comfort too. It's comfort, comfort, yeah. Even though everything else in the world is changing, this person is still leading us. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, so that's still a significant thing because as well, like during this pandemic, uh, our congregation um, uh, amalgamated with Central United Church. And you can see the two paintings at the back on the back walls here. Um, those oh, both yeah, okay. came from Central. The one on the right is uh, the first moment that, that missionaries uh, interacted with uh, the indigenous community here, which I believe resulted in uh, the creation of St. Clair United Church, which is the one beside the band office at oh, Amshanong. Wow. Uh, and then the other one was painted by Allison Caslick, and it's the steeple of, of the old central. Nice. Um, uh, so we've had a lot of change around here, um, and stability has been a like a key factor in try, trying to make people feel at home and welcome and affirmed and empowered. Um, so what's the next thing? Who knows? Right. I, I don't. I don't necessarily know, but but we always have big decisions coming up at council. Uh, yeah. We got a few few coming up Monday um, okay. about uh, especially about how how do we grow in a smart way um, and Makes sense. and how do we um, you know uh, how do we do that um, in collaboration with Lampton County or the County of Lampton right. um, okay. so there's things like that and you know I've never really been one to plan too too far in advance um, so. Um, You're open to a lot, though. I'm open to a lot. I got into ministry because a minister called up while I was off at university. Oh, Adam, you should go into ministry. And uh, the meeting's on Wednesday. This was a Monday uh, <laughs> at 2 p.m. So I drove from Waterloo, came down here. And next thing I knew, I was a, uh, I started, a, I guess I was an inquirer, right. um, some sort of official position. So I'm kind of like the, you know, think of um, uh, the old Norse god Odin or... Jesus and Nazareth, they're always portrayed as uh, kind of wandering vagabonds. Right, okay. And, and uh, uh, in terms of my planning, that's kind of how I live my life. Very good. Adam. Hey, thanks, Dave. Thank you so much for your time. Thank and you. thanks for what you're doing in our community as well. It's, it is appreciated by many, just so you know that. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that, Dave. Well, thank you for what you do. You're keeping us all connected. I try. And, I try. Uh, I'm glad I can do it in person now because I was going a little crazy doing it already. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, uh, we'll have to talk some more. Absolutely. Adam Kilner, everybody. And, uh, you know, I always say click the like and share. But the, the share is really the most important button you can uh, click on so we can share uh, this great conversation we had with Adam Kilner. Thanks for watching. Adam Kilner, great conversation there, Adam. Looking forward to the next time we can sit down, maybe coffee next time, and we'll talk about some more things. I really enjoyed having that chat there with Adam. And uh, you can find him on Facebook and follow along with him. And, of course, uh, city council meetings, you'll be able to see him there as well. But I really appreciate, Adam, you uh, actually inspired me to do a few things that day that I'd, I'd put off. And we had some conversations, some people I needed to talk to. And I handled that. And I want to say thank you because that really came from you and part of the conversation that we had. So it definitely had an impact on me. Thanks for watching, everybody. And don't forget to click the share button around so we can share Adam's story here today. And I'll look forward to the next guest next week right here on the show. But for now, as always, 
That's all the time I got for you this week. Have a great week and an even better weekend. I will see you next time right here on the show. Bye for now. It's right there. There it is. See you. Bye. <laughs>